Welcome to Be the Scandal, the sacred rebellion of being your authentic self. I'm your host, Danny Hickman. Welcome to the first episode of Be the Scandal. I decided the proper way to introduce this podcast is with a solo episode, so thank you for tuning in. I want to use this episode to share into where this podcast got its name and the intention of this podcast. I want to start off this episode by saying this, and please hear this loud and clear. I have been trying my whole life to not be the scandal. I grew up as a preacher's daughter, and I have felt this pressure from a pretty early age to be a version of myself that was least distressing to everyone around me and the most pleasing, the version of myself that would uphold my dad's reputation, the reputation I wanted to project out into the world, and at the end of the day, get people to like and accept me. And you probably have a hunch where this is going. And what felt like an avalanche, I had a moment in my mid-20s, which honestly was actually a compilation of multiple smaller moments, where I realized I was completely disconnected from myself. I finally woke up to myself and was present in the truth that I was completely out of touch with what I desired and what I wanted for my life, and quite frankly, really hating myself disconnected from any real, authentic sense of self-worth. When I look back on it, I can't really be surprised that this false self I was projecting out into the world came crumbling down, because I wasn't living my life. I was living a version of my life curated by those around me. I was outsourcing my self-worth to my parents, my partners, any form of external validation, and doing what I thought a, quote, good girl should be doing, and losing myself in the process. Now, I know your story most likely isn't the same as mine, but I am curious if there are parts of my story that will resonate deep within you. I remember sitting in my therapist's office in my mid-20s and her bringing up to me the concept of codependency. And my initial response was, well, I'm so independent, I don't need anyone. And as if that defensiveness wasn't a clue enough... After she proceeded to tell me what codependency actually was, I realized, oh, I am in fact codependent, and I learned that codependency wasn't what I thought it was, and it has a lot of layers and sneaky ways that it shows up. And now, when I think of codependency as a way of relating, I like to speak of it in a visual way like this, to really think of a spectrum of relating. On one end, we have codependency. We don't know where we start and end, and the other person that we're relating to starts and ends. We are wrapped up in a cycle of trying to get the other person to be different, so we feel less distressed and vice versa. There are no real boundaries here, no sovereignty as an individual being. And then on the other end of the spectrum, which honestly can be equally as unhealthy but in a different way, is hyper-independence and insensitivity. This way of relating can be summarized by saying, I don't need anyone, and a lack of empathy in the sense of maybe saying things like, well, that's your problem, deal with it, figure it out. There's clear but rigid, distant, and cold separation between you and other people. Now, these are both extremes and could be considered trauma responses to relational wounding, or another way to think about it is painful experiences we've had in relationship with someone else. So whether that's a caregiver, our family of origin, friends, peers, partners, I mean, literally anyone we've been in relationship with. But in that spectrum, right in the balance, right in the middle is the sweet spot. 
This is where we're able to be present with ourselves and at the same time, present with the person we're interacting with and relating to. We know clearly where we start and end, and we recognize where the other person starts and ends. I love to think about it like this, that we love and respect ourselves enough to give ourselves permission to be who we are. And in this middle ground, we also give others the space and permission to be who they are. And then we set our boundaries accordingly. This is the boundaried energy where the liberation of ourselves happens. When we're giving ourselves permission to disconnect from our codependency and show up in life and our relationships more authentically. Even when I say it now, I just want to lean into this energy. And I'm curious how these words resonate with you. Maybe me bringing up this topic could feel edgy. You may have parts of you that are having a reaction to my words, maybe resistance or perhaps a feeling of freedom with the invitation that we can have balance within ourselves and our relationships. We can find freedom to be who we are and still relate to those around us. It's possible. All we have to do is choose it and support ourselves in the unfolding of this process. So by now you might be wondering, how does all of this relate to being the scandal? Well, dear friend, many times when we give ourselves permission to be authentic and move through the world in a way that is more aligned and true to us, it elicits reactions from our own parts and those around us. It can trigger our own wounding and the wounding in those we're connected to and in relationship with. Let's be honest, people have big reactions when we go, quote, off script and start living a life in alignment with our desires when we start living a life of integrity. And to me, integrity simply means living a life in alignment, where our inner desires are matching our external behaviors and how we're living our life. Alignment, just to speak to this energy, feels anchored in our worth, expansive, safe, and grounded. And it can feel quite scandalous to liberate yourself from the expectations of others, release yourself from your familial programming, and start to shift your conditioning of how you should be moving through the world. Like I mentioned, people have big reactions to it. Reactions to the idea that you're no longer the person that you once were, so they don't know what to expect from you, which we can understand and have compassion for. That can feel unsettling. Or maybe you being yourself authentically is shattering the ideal image you've projected of yourself. And those around you are realizing you never were the person they thought you were or expected you to be. And even now, as I say these words, some of my younger parts react. They really feel that. I invite you to notice if your body is having a reaction to any of these words, any tightness, tension, or sensation, as you let my words land and settle into your system. Here's the thing. If being myself is scandalous, I would rather choose to be the scandal than to die a slow death of self. To continue to allow others to curate a life for me that is most pleasing and appealing to them. Because in the end, where do my desires fit into this? If we live our lives for others, trying to please those around us with our life choices, things like the type of partner we choose, the career we choose, the clothes we wear, how we adorn ourselves, the list could be endless. In these moments, we are only living a shell of a life. One that is pleasing on the outside, depending on who's looking and toxic on the inside. 
And if you're anything like me, I have multiple versions of myself floating out there, depending on who is looking and who I'm interacting with. Living life in that way is soul-sucking and exhausting, and I think you can agree. Now let's be clear on this one thing before moving on. This work isn't as easy as simply shifting how you're moving through the world. Some parts of it might be, yeah, it could be as simple as shifting a behavior or setting more clear boundaries. But if being our most authentic selves were really easy, then we all would be doing it. But what we're battling against in this journey to authenticity is not only here and now moments of potential rejection and abandonment, but our deep need to stay safe and connected with others and our conditioning to fit in with those around us. We want to feel safe and we've learned throughout our lives that self-abandonment can create a sense of safety, even if it's at the expense of our soul expansion. Let me break down quickly why we are so quick to jump on the self-abandonment train and why it comes so easily to us. When we're little, we need to be accepted by those around us because if we're exiled from our family and community, we will die. We need to fit in because it provides safety, shelter, food, clothing. It's a survival technique to adapt and change to our environment to fit in. But here's the thing. If you're listening to this podcast, you're most likely not a little babe. You're not a little kid anymore. You're an adult that has the capabilities to keep yourself alive, to feed yourself, clothe yourself, and keep yourself safe. And if this is true about you and you still feel resistance to leaning into the journey of authenticity, I know. I feel it and I have deeply felt it before. It feels like life or death to risk being abandoned and rejected. And that makes sense. Of course it does. It is in our wiring and conditioning. When we're faced with the choice of authenticity versus attachment, most likely attachment will win. We'll abandon ourselves all day to stay safe and connected until we learn how to anchor into our worthiness, feel strong and stable in our sense of self, and support our inner children in the journey. So I'm not asking you to uproot your life right now or to go to the opposite end of the spectrum and act like you don't need to belong or you don't need anyone because that simply isn't true. And if we're being really honest, that would just be another trauma response, a new and quite unproductive way to keep yourself safe emotionally. And we don't need to do that. All you need to do, at least in this moment, my invitation is to start being curious into how you're living. Is it in alignment with your authenticity, with your inner desires? Or maybe in this moment you're thinking, well, I don't even know what my desires are. No matter where you are, no matter what's coming up for you in this moment, that is okay. This is all just information about where you are. We're not judging it, shaming it. We're simply observing it in this moment. But if you do want to go deeper into your curiosity... I want to leave you with some prompts to open up the door for deeper insights into your inner desires. So I invite you to take a moment, settle into your chair or wherever you are, and maybe even place a hand on your chest, ground into your vessel for a moment. And I want to ask you this. What if in this moment, all of your societal and familial conditioning was gone? What if in this moment, there was no expectation No expectation to show up in a certain way, to look a certain way, perform a certain way. Who would you be? How would you move through the world? How would you spend your time? 
What would you be wearing? How would you adorn yourself? And who would you surround yourself with? And as you take time with these questions, I invite you to also notice what it feels like in your body as you're curious into your answers. In this moment, I want to leave you with this. Showing up authentically is a radical act of self-nurturance and self-worth. And please know this, it's okay if it doesn't always feel safe to show up as your authentic self. Not everyone can hold space to meet you in this vulnerable place, nor has everyone earned your story. We always want to use discernment in every moment. If you aren't showing up authentically in your life and you desire to do that, eventually my intention for you and my desire for you is to make a conscious choice that supports you and your sense of safety. What I don't want for you is to continue moving through your life in an energy of self-abandonment and continuing to engage in this unconscious response to stay safe and connected. Because here is a hard truth. The connections we make through self-abandonment are not deep, intimate connections. They can't be because we aren't showing up authentically. We're showing up in these interactions as veiled versions of ourselves. So most of these relationships we're clinging to and we're holding hostage, they're built on pretty unstable foundations. And for me... I'm choosing to create intimate, authentic relationships built upon people knowing the real me, which is vulnerable, it's edgy, it's risky. But this is the most soul-nourishing way to live your life and to create an expansive, nourishing life for yourself, a life in alignment with your desires. And in this journey, I continually remind myself that if I'm living a life of integrity, no matter the reactions of others, It's giving those around me the invitation and permission to do so too. And if that's scandalous, so be it. I'll be the scandal. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Be the Scandal. If you like what you heard, don't forget to click subscribe so that you can join in on the sacred rebellion of being your most authentic self.